Welcome into DNVR Rams Live, presented by High Plains Strains, the Northeastern Colorado dispensary, providing top quality cannabis and a wide variety of products. If you give them a visit, be sure to mention DNVR to take advantage of their deals. Hope everybody is having a, a nice Sunday morning. Obviously, a, a disappointing result last night in Logan. CSU falls 77 to 72 to the Aggies. They were two and a half point underdogs. Uh, a lot of the metrics had CSU losing, so this is certainly not a situation where it's shocking. Baggies were 13 and one coming in. I, I was honest about just not feeling like I had a great feel for them as a team coming in. I mean, they they have some great players, and I focused a lot on Great Osibor, and obviously he was a monster last night. But you know, I, I felt like it was a, an opportunity for us to find out if they were a legit contender or not, and. You know, to their credit, they they certainly prove that they are. Uh, defensively, they were really really stout. Um, offensively, just like the Rams were out of a rhythm all night. There are some n- numbers that aren't terrible, but we'll dive into all that. Uh, ultimately, it's a missed opportunity. You know, it was an opportunity to start the league slate two and zero, which would have been awesome. That's starting with a bang after already having such a terrific start in the non conference slate. But we knew this league was going to be a gauntlet. We knew that nobody was going to go through this conference without multiple losses. I think a minimum of three. I even think 14 and four might be enough to get it done this year just because there's going to be a lot of games like this one where you have two really good teams and just trying to survive all these tough road uh, venues in the league. It's a lot. Logan's a brutal place to play. They've got great fans. They're energized. It was a sellout crowd despite the students being on break. Helps that it's a Saturday game. You know, Tuesday, 8.30. Maybe it's not a maybe it's not a sellout at that point. But um, yeah, I mean, there, there's a lot that needs to be cleaned up. Um, you know, we'll get into the numbers and all of that. Shout out to my guy, Aaron Harris, in the comment section. I always appreciate the support. Always appreciate all of you guys that get up and rock with us. If you give us a likes up on YouTube, I certainly would appreciate it. Uh, you got to credit Utah State for dictating the the tone in this game. They were more aggressive in in feeding the post and drawing contact. I know that the foul disparity was really significant. I mean, the Rams didn't shoot their first free throw until a little over 12 minutes left in the second half. Uh, Utah State shot 23 free throws. CSU shot 11 in this one. But honestly, outside of a handful of of ticky-tacky calls, and there were a couple, I thought the first few on Asabor were debatable. Uh, Joe Palmer picked up a couple of ones where he was basically diving for loose balls. To me, those felt like 50-50 plays where you just kind of swallow the whistle. But ultimately, I just felt like all night long, Utah State did a better job of feeding the post, of drawing contact, of really just dictating the tone of this game on both sides too. Defensively, their spacing was really stout. They took away driving lanes. I thought they made the Rams hesitant to drive at times, which is something we haven't really seen from this group. Settled for jumpers at the end of the first half, settled for jumpers throughout the second half. I mean, it it was just a game where they, they weren't great. You know, the three ball for the second straight game was was not falling for CSU. Free throws were a big issue. We'll get into all of that. But, you know, ultimately, this this was a disappointing outcome because the game was right there for the taking. Uh, you had a really great start defensively, and we'll get into some of those numbers here in just a second. But I, I'm not going to act like the sky is falling. I, I do credit the the majority of the responses that I got last night were pretty level headed. Got a couple of the you know the 
signature, you know, the season's over, the fun's over, this team's not even going to make the NCAA tournament. All the the crazy stuff you get in the the heat of the moment. And I'm not, you know, shaming anybody for being upset because these losses sting for a reason. You had a chance to play your way into the top 10. You have aspirations of winning the Mountain West for the first time ever in the regular season. I mean, the goals are high this year. So when you fall, it's going to hurt. But you just got to keep perspective and understand that it's going to be a gauntlet. This is going to be at minimum, I think, a four-bid league as long as you don't have any top teams taking bad losses over the next couple of weeks. And I think a five-bid league is honestly possible. I'll be curious to see if the the Mountain West has multiple teams in the top 25 this upcoming week. The Rams are obviously going to fall. I don't think they free fall or anything like that. Probably still stay in the top 18 would be my guess. I think Utah State jumps into the top 25. I think San Diego State should be ranked at this point. So it's a good league, man. And it's going to be tough. You know, like I said, going to Logan, it's never easy. The atmosphere looked awesome on the uh, the broadcast. It's a shame that this game was only on the Mountain West Network and, and wasn't nationally broadcast. But I don't know. Maybe they can figure that out in the future. From my understanding, they don't have the ability to flex it the way they do with football. I'm not 100%. On, uh, I'm not 100% sure on that. Good Lord. But, um, you know, from what I've heard, they would have liked to have gotten out of some Wyoming games last year if they could have. So I don't know. Maybe maybe it's just not possible. All I know is uh, it's it's good that it's going to be locally broadcasted on Tuesday for the Boise State game. You can watch it on my twenty. Very similarly to a Broncos preseason game, will also be available on the Mountain West Network for those of you that are not in Colorado. All right, we're going to get into some of these numbers here again. Appreciate everybody that's up with us. If you give us a thumbs up in the comment section, I guess I think it's right there. <laughs> I'd appreciate it. Uh, shout out to everybody that's commenting as well. Real quick, guys, it should not be a pain in the butt to buy tickets, but it really has become such a nightmare of a process between hidden fees and and just getting screwed left and right with so many upcharges that make absolutely no sense. It's like, I'm buying the ticket. You have the ticket. What are all these convenience charges? What are you doing for me? With game time, you don't have to worry about any of that. They have the best last-minute killer deals. You can see the view from your seat before you even buy, so you know exactly what you're getting into. They have the best price guarantee. So if you can find a a ticket in the same section, same row as you for cheaper, they're going to credit you up to 110% of the difference. Game time is awesome. They've got deals even after the event starts. I mean, sometimes you're running late. Maybe you're downtown at 7.15, 7 o'clock game. If it's not a sellout, you might be able to get in. You know, just for a couple bucks. So game time really is awesome. Uh, with their zone deals, you can pick the section. They pick the seats for an average of 18% savings. Download the app, create an account, use the code DNVR for $20 off your first purchase. Terms to apply again, create an account, use that code DNVR for $20 off. Download game time today. Last minute tickets, lowest prices guaranteed. Of course, High Plain Strains, they are the elite dispensary in Northeastern Colorado. They will take care of you for all your needs. Infuse edibles, high potency concentrates. They've got the best flower in the state. There's three locations conveniently in northeastern Colorado: uh, Log Lane Village, Garden City, and Sedgwick. If you're in northeastern Colorado, they are the dispensary for you. Save time by ordering online at highplainstrains.com. Uh, pick up at all their locations in the. They have a drive-through. You don't even have to get out of your car. We're living in the future. Some of their deals include a full ounce for eighty uh, mammoth one gram cartridges for fifteen. 
Remember to use the code DNVR online or mention DNVR in stores to take advantage of these high plane strains deals. Got a comment here from our guy, Aaron Harris. I'm sure there are some fans out there that would blame Joe Parker for streaming only option, but this was on the powers that be in the conference office. Um, I guess, yeah. I, it sucks. It's a bad look for the league. The truth is they do all this scheduling, you know, before the season. CSU was picked fifth. They're coming off of a down year. I, I was surprised even back then how uh, many games the Rams had on the Mountain West Network, just given you're bringing back Isaiah Stevens. You've got a great coach in Nico Medved. You know, pretty easy to assume that this was going to be a bounce back season. Uh, I just, you know, I, I don't want to get too critical because I know it's a tough process. You're trying to forecast this at the beginning. The lack of wiggle room is frustrating, though. You know, you got to be able to flex the way the NFL does. I mean, we, we think certain teams are going to be good. They don't live up to expectations. Other teams end up being way better than what we expect. And it, it's just a shame that a game between, you know, a couple of 13 and one teams going in was, you know, not available regionally or, you know, nationally when it comes to cable options. Mountain West Network works great. You know, I had it on my Roku. Uh, you can get it on your phone. You can get it on all kinds of stuff. But we get, I mean, it's an exposure game at the end of the day, you know? So um, got a question here from Sterling. What's with the blue gloves with the USU students? I'm going to tread lightly when it comes to criticizing Utah State. It's a, a unique atmosphere. I'll say that. Um, the, the students are, are very engaged. So are the fans. They have some really weird traditions and chants and dances. And yeah, it's, it's an odd bunch, uh, but they're into it and I love it. And frankly, I think it's a top three uh, hoops atmosphere in the conference in terms of intensity and, and, you know, being, you know, being in the, uh, the mix there, I'll let you guys make the jokes as far as it went, but, a shout out to Adam Nygon, CSU radio color commentator, made a pretty good joke about them uh, all wearing gloves. Um, good to see them, you know, wearing gloves, I suppose. Um, let's get into some key stats. We're, we're getting a little bit off the rails here. This is a family program, guys. I, I'm, I'm a family man. I want this to be a good, clean program for everyone. Um, look, CSU, they held Utah State to 9 to 32 from the floor in the first half, 28%. Great defensive start. Uh, Utah State was jacking up a lot of threes. That's not their game. I, I felt like out of a couple of outside of a couple of key touches for Osibor early on, CSU did a decent job containing them. I mean, Bemba having three personals and essentially two minutes of action really flipped the the context of this game. It put Cartier in a spot where he had to be much more active defensively. He ultimately ends up fouling out, as does Neat Clifford again. The the foul trouble was a big factor in this game, especially down the half, uh, down the stretch. Ironically, the, the Utah State broadcast pointed out how it wasn't an issue and then immediately became an issue after that classic announcer's jinx. Not blame them. It was just funny how it worked out. Um, you hold them to 9 to 32 from the floor in the first half. You do a good job of not getting dominated in the paint. You do a good job of getting them to settle for jumpers. The problem is you only have a four point lead at the break. And I felt like Utah State did a really good job of making things difficult on CSU down the stretch defensively. They were really gritty at the end of that first half, you know, forced some difficult shots, did a good job of taking driving lanes away, just not giving CSU anything easy. And ultimately they were able to to hang around and 
they found their groove offensively. You got to credit Danny Sprinkle. He's a phenomenal coach. I mean, you knew that just from the fact that he was able to start 13 and one after not, you know, returning a single point of production from last year's rotation. What a start, but this was this was vindicating on a different type of level, obviously, beating a top 15 team in CSU. They're coming off of a nice win over New Mexico. They have, you know, the most high major wins of anybody in the league so far this year. But, you know, this was a we're here and we're for real moment for Utah State. Um, I, I I do credit Osabor for being aggressive, for drawing a ton of contact. Again, we can complain all night about the foul disparity. And, you know, when you start to see it become double digit free throws for one team, zero for the other team, it's certainly going to raise some eyebrows. But I, I just, I don't know. I feel like it would be disingenuous to sit here and be like the refs were the reason that the Rams lost this game. It was a factor for sure. But Utah State really did a good job of forcing the will. And I think that was something I would have liked to have seen from CSU. Maybe if you have Bemba out there, you know, more if, if he's not in foul trouble, we kind of see the the tones match up a little bit. You know, going back to that win over New Mexico, I felt like early on in that game, the Rams kind of got bullied in the paint a little bit as well. They bring in Bemba and Tavy Jackson. All of a sudden, CSU has a little bit of edge, a little bit of physicality. They just never really found it in this game. Um, you know, it's it's disappointing. That's a good team that you lost to. I would have liked to have seen CSU be a little bit more aggressive, especially down the stretch in that second half offensively. I did feel like they settled for jumpers. Um, I would have liked to have seen Neek attack a little bit more. He, you know, felt like he was hot and there were just kind of instances where he looks to kick it out. And I appreciate that. I appreciate that all of these guys are so you know, unselfish and want to play within the flow of the offense. But there are times, especially when you just don't really have it offensively as a team where you kind of need somebody to be like, all right, I'm going to take over for a key stretch here. And Cartier did that against New Mexico, you know, had some really big moments. We saw Isaiah get, I think, seven straight points over the last like 80 seconds in this one. Maybe you needed him to go into UNLV mode a little bit earlier it's tough to to be overtly critical, though. I mean, it's a lot like Nikola Jokic. Like, what you love about him is the fact that he is so selfless. The fact that he prefers, you know, to get everybody in the mix, other than you know, racking up individual stats. That's not the way he wants to play. There are just certain times where you kind of gotta feel the moment. And you know, I'm not trying to pin this on Isaiah at all. This is a team loss in every sense. You know, he's. <laughs> best point guard in college basketball. I think it's very known how I feel about him, how much I admire his game. I just mean like it's almost a a curse at times because he is so selfless and it's great when it's working and everybody's knocking down shots. But these last couple of games, you know, the the Rams have struggled to knock down shots from the perimeter. They've been a little bit streaky uh, from three. What they had consistently was the ability to create any quality look in the post. Utah State did a good job of taking that away. It's not that CSU didn't create anything, but they did a good job, especially in that second half of kind of limiting those easy layups. Uh, Did a good job of kind of taking Cartier out of this one. He's a guy that's just been so efficient, such a big bucket getter for this team. You know, when you're not getting those easy points from him in the paint and, you know, Joel Scott's been cold offensively of late. He only had six points. You don't need him to be a guy that's going for 20. But, you know, if he could have got his typical 12 that he averages, I think that would have been a, a nice 
little boost for the Rams offensively. Again, you know, not having Bemba out there was big. Maybe somebody like Kyle Evans could have scored. Um, he's not going to get a ton of touches, but at the end of the day, you know, you, you just got to credit Utah State, like I said, for dictating the tone. I would have liked to have seen Neek uh, put it on the floor a little bit more attack. I would have liked to have seen, you know, Isaiah attack a little bit more. When the Rams finally did get that that first free throw, uh, it was Joel Scott, the little 12 13 left in the second half. He pumped from deep, put it on the floor, drove, actually ended up getting hacked. It was Martinez's fourth foul, which was big because he's a guy that's great for them defensively. I just would have liked to have seen a little bit more of that to open things up. If you do that, you get them on their heels a little bit. Maybe it gives you a little bit more space for these jump shots. You're able to start knocking them down. I think, you know, I just think it would have been. Nice to see them force the issue a little bit more. But I mean, even when they did get to the line, they didn't take advantage. Four of 11 at the free throw line. It was a huge factor. They missed a a bunch in spurts in that second half. And I'm not like trying to take a victory lap here, but that was one of my non-conference takeaways on the podcast about 10, 11 days ago, however long it was, you know, where I just kind of went into what we had seen from this team so far. And while the numbers as a whole were really good, they were top 20 in the country as a, as a team in terms of free throw shooting. I believe uh, Scott's the only one south of 70%, although I got to double check that after last night. They've had stretches uh, where they've kind of missed them in bunches. I think CSU Pueblo is kind of an issue. I've uh, missed some against DU, if I remember correctly. So I, we just need to see them be a, a little bit more consistent, uh, especially in these big games. Um, maybe they were a little tentative. We had a, a comment here from Frederick. It looked like we played not to lose. I don't know if I would phrase it quite like that, but I, I do think that we certainly did not look like the same assertive, aggressive, confident unit in that second half that we've known this team to be. Uh, Aaron has a great comment as well. Scott needs to work on his post presence. Yeah, I, I think he's finding out the uh, the defensive level at D1 is a little bit different than it is in D2. And, and you know, that's going to happen. Cartier had some moments last year where he kind of had to, you know, kind of suffer his lumps a little bit. I mean, for, for Cartier, he's obviously more of an offensive player. Defensively is kind of where he got exposed. Scott's been able to hang defensively for the most part. I, I did think he would play more of a factor in terms of keeping Osibor out of this one, but you know, it happens. Um, offensively, it, he doesn't look comfortable out there. It just kind of looks like he gets sped up. Whereas, you know, Cartier, Neek, Isaiah, they just look like they look like they're playing at their own pace right now. Um, I, I hope to see him be more of a factor because I think his athleticism, his ability to get offensive rebounds, putbacks, that could be huge for this team. If he could get involved a little bit in some two-man sets with the guards, you know, and maybe get some easy rim runs, there, there's opportunities for that as well. But they need more out of everybody that's not the starters, ultimately. I mean, I, I got some numbers here. Let me see if I can pull it up. Um, they got over 50 points. Yeah, you got 54 from Neek, Isaiah, and Cartier, but 18 from everyone else. And it's the second straight game. You've gotten less than 10 points com- uh, total from the bench unit. You need more than that. You need guys to hit some shots. I feel like there have been a lot of open threes in the corner that CSU just they've missed consistently these last couple of games. You got to hit those. I know that some of these guys have some rust, you know, Jalen Lake, as good as he looked in that game against New Mexico comes back and scores, you know, in his first couple of shots, 
doesn't look like he had missed any time in this one. All of a sudden, the rush shows, and that I feel like that happens quite a bit. I feel like it was kind of similar with Isaiah last year. He comes back in his first game, you're like, wow, doesn't even look like he missed any time. Then that second and third game, you're like, oh, okay, yes, does look like he missed a little bit of time there. Those guys are going to be big factors. What they bring defensively is going to be such a big boost, but you do need more uh, offensively from everybody that's outside of that trio of. Uh, Cartier, Clifford, and Stevens. You know what? It doesn't need to be every night, but you know you need some of these role guys to really step up and make some big plays. Like you love that Joe Palmer dies for loose balls. He comes in hot on the glass. That he plays aggressive defense. But those big threes are are what spark the offense. And you know he's kind of been missing those of late. Uh, Lake was one of six from the floor, so you'd like to see him knock down some more of those shots in this one. Strong didn't play a ton, but you know he's going to be a guy that hopefully is going to factor into the equation offensively, had scored double-digit figures in his last couple of games before he got hurt. Ultimately, this was a learning moment for this team. I think it was a a situation where, yeah, you got beat up and bullied a little bit on the road, but I'm just not going to panic all that much. I mean, some of the other key numbers here, uh, Utah State turned nine CSU turnovers into nine points. The other night, CSU, I think, had like 15 turnovers. But they allowed less points than that. You know, it didn't result in in points the other way. That's not bad. I mean, anytime you're less than 10 turnovers as a team, that's pretty optimal. But you do need to credit Utah State for turning every single turnover into a point the other way. Uh, they were plus 12 on the glass. That was a big factor. And obviously, 20 of 23 at the line is is glaring. Um, some of those were ticky-tacky. But Asabor was awesome in this game. And he's been a guy that Looked like he was in the all-conference mix when I did my hypothetical non-conference Mountain West all-league team. You know, obviously haven't played each other yet, but just who I had thought had been the most impactful guys. I talked about how it was hard for me to decide between uh, him and Neek Clifford for the fifth spot. As of now, I think you would have to give that spot to, you know, Osibor, despite the fact that Neek has been great. Uh, Donovan Dent is another guy that I probably should have hyped up more in that all-conference uh, conversation I had a little bit back, but. What are you going to do? You're not going to, you're not going to get them all. Um, some of the individual stats that kind of stand out. Isaiah Stevens, 21 points, uh, but on 16 shots, eight to 16 from the floor is, you know, 50%. You don't hate that, but I just kind of felt like it, it didn't come easy for him, like it does in in certain games. Did have eight assists. He continues to be the the you know key piece that makes all of this work. Uh, Neat Clifford, 18 points before he fouled out in 26 minutes, 8 of 13 from the floor. I I feel like there's more. I feel like there's more for him. That's not just threes, too. I want to see more of him in drive. Just when it comes to the transition game, I want to see him more on the drive. He's got effortless bounce. He's a guy that can get to the hoop in such a hurry so easily that, like, worst case, you're probably just going to get fouled. And I want to see him really kind of embrace that mindset, not try and do too much or like be a hero or anything, but you know, pick and choose your spots, put it on the floor, take advantage of that wicked athleticism a little bit. Uh, 15 points from Cartier, seven to 12 from the floor. Oh, a two from deep though. You know, he's a guy that typically knocks down a couple of threes. He did have three rebounds. Isaiah, Joel Scott and Nick Clifford all had four boards. Joe Palmer had a team high five rebounds in 19 minutes. Again, you've got to credit just the energy and the effort that he brings each and every game. A lake three points, one of six from the floor, one of four from deep in 28 minutes, but still great to have him back and just getting those minutes. 
he's going to be a huge factor, uh, whether it's him or Josiah that ultimately ends up being that fifth starter and the other ends up being the sixth man. Those are huge, huge pieces for CSU's success. Um, you know, the, the freshmen struggled, you know, Kyan Evans, Oh, two from the floor, Tavy sophomore, one or two, two points. Those guys only played a combined 12 minutes. It's going to be like that in some of these key road games, especially if, you know, the Rams aren't really killing it offensively. You're going to have to lean on some of those veterans more. Uh, Bemba, as we already mentioned, he only played eight minutes. He had three fouls, 0.0 of one from the floor. You need more. You need more. Coming off of such an encouraging performance, you know, you were hoping that he was a guy that was going to be able to make a big impact in this one. But also having a, a terrible, first game at Logan or in uh, San Diego. It's basically a rite of passage for CSU freshmen. You go back over the years, Kendall Moore, Adam Thistlewood, Roddy, Isaiah, they all have that stereotypical rough first outing uh, in Utah State in SDSU. They're tough places to play. These are really well-coached teams. They're hostile environments and it's overwhelming. You know, it's a lot different than anything you're going to experience. I mean, it's funny for as much as people on a national level try and kind of downgrade the Mountain West, poke holes in this league. When you look at the venues you have to play in top to bottom, this this is a brutal conference. There are no easy road trips. And you, I mean, UNLV is like the sixth hardest trip. And that place, when it's full, because it's such a big venue, is is intense. But the problem is they they just haven't been good very consistently. And so when you have that big arena, it just feels even emptier. You know, it doesn't really trap sound when nobody's in there. Um, but it's just, it's a tough place. I mean, Laramie, even when they're not good, is you still got to go to the highest elevation in college basketball and, you know, deal with their fans. It can be raucous. The pit is one of the most hostile environments in all of college basketball, as is Viejas Moby when it's rocking. Uh, you know, Utah State was great last night. It's just, it's a fun league. It's a basketball league. And I think you could probably make the argument that the Mountain West should maybe just embrace its basketball roots a little bit, like the Big East. That's, I understand football is kind of what butters the bread. And, you know, politically, it's always going to be what gets emphasized the most. But I don't know. At some point, maybe you just need to embrace what you are. And uh, we seem to be a hoops league. I do want to shout out Breckenridge Brewery. Breck Brew is a beer for any occasion. There's no better way to watch a game than having some ice cold Breck Brew in hand. They've been doing it for 33 years. It all comes down to their love and passion for making good beer. Made with 100% renewable energy. You got to love that. Try some of our favorites. I'm a big Avalanche Amber Ale guy. The Mountain Beach Sour. Perfection. Get a little taste of summer in the dead of winter. Looks like we've got stock show weather coming up, guys. Just... Brutal cold, not necessarily snow, but like cold and breezy and just the stereotypical <laughs> January, February weather. No fun. Uh, but if you have a nice cold Breck Brew in hand, it's a little bit easier to deal with. Check out the Breck Beer Locator at breckbrew.com to find a brew near you. I appreciate everybody in the comment section. If you have anything that you would love or you would love that you would like me to address. I'm not that pretentious, I promise. Uh, you know. Let them fly. We've got plenty to dive into. Um, some final thoughts from me, just in terms of my notes. If you guys don't have anything, that's okay. I'll just get through these and we'll get on out of here. Um, you know, CSU led for over 25 minutes in this one. 
they battled, you know, they just kind of ran out of steam in my opinion. It's a missed opportunity, but it's just not a loss that changes that much. You always expected to lose a couple. You need to go five and three against the, the top four, I believe to be realistically in the mix for a conference championship right now. I think you're probably one and one, although we'll see between Utah state, New Mexico, Nevada, out of those three who ultimately end up in the top uh, four, along with who CSU and, and San Diego State, I believe. I guess maybe Boise could play a little bit into that mix as well. Big game coming up, obviously, Tuesday night for the Rams. If you win that one and start 2-1 and one against the league, knowing how deep this conference slate is, you're going to feel pretty good. Now, if you lose to Boise State on Tuesday night, you're feeling a little bit nervous, you know, just because you still got to go to Reno. You still got to go to SDSU. You still got to go to UNM. You still got to go to Ohio. I mean, the the path doesn't get much easier from here. But if you win on Tuesday, after that, you got Air Force. So it lightens up a little bit. You never really know what you're going to get with UNLV. So I'm hesitant to say it's an easier game, just given the talent level that they have and the fact that they've seemingly just been a thorn in the side of the Rams uh, these last couple of years. Uh, So we'll see what happens there. But at least on paper, uh, a little bit easier than what we've seen. I mean, if you're sitting there at four, five, and one to start the league, you're feeling really good. You're feeling really good. Losses are going to happen. They're not going to kill your resume. The big thing for CSU, as long as they want to factor into this conference title mix, is they've got to win their home games. They got to try to avoid being swept by anybody that ultimately ends up in that top four pick mix. I mean, really, you want to avoid getting swept in general. They got swept by UNLV a couple of years ago, a team that did not factor into the conference mix at all. But ultimately, cost CSU, you know, their regular season conference championship being the regular season champs, Boise State. Win your home games. You know, you got to split against Utah State. That's especially important now. Don't lose any dumb games. You know, you can't lose to the Fresnos, the Air Forces of the world, the Wyoming's, which makes you nervous in a in a rivalry game. I mean, you always got to give respect, and you always got to understand that going to Laramie is going to be challenging. Uh, but you're, you're still in great position. This loss changes absolutely nothing. It's a missed opportunity, but that's about it. A uh, question here from Aaron. <clears throat> Are your corporate over- overlords allowing you to go to the Mountain West tournament this year? If so, do we need to schedule a DNVR social event? I, I will be in the Mountain West tournament. I uh, believe the plan is to stay with the homies at Circa. So yeah, anybody that's out there, I- I'd certainly love to hang with the DNVR Rams community. Uh, go out, have some beers, have some food, uh, all that fun stuff. Um, got another question or comment here from Aaron. I hope for the best out of this game. Use the performance last night as motivation for the rest of the season to do better. Yeah, I mean, I, it, you'd rather have this type of loss now than later on, um, which can be a bit of a cliche in terms of they all count the same. But I just, from a mentality perspective, I, I tend to agree with you. I, it's a, a chance to look in the mirror. It's a good reminder that as good as this team is, this league is going to be brutal. And if you don't have your A game, if you don't do the little things, if you don't knock down your free throws, if you don't box out, if you don't rebound, if you can't defend without getting into foul trouble, you're going to lose. It's just the, the fact of the matter. These teams are too freaking good. The Mountain West is as deep as it's been in over a decade. I, I genuinely believe you got to go back to you know the like 2011, 2012 years when you still had New Mexico firing at all cylinders. San Diego State's doing their thing. CSU, UNM are are both killing it. I mean, it's been a long time since we've had this many legitimate teams 
have a chance to make the NCAA tournament. And yes, it's a bummer that the Rams, you know, missed out on another opportunity to jump into the top 10 second time this year, where you're kind of sitting there with a chance to kick down that door and really reach a, a level that we've never seen with this program, kind of get some unprecedented heights here. They've coming up short, but it's a long season. And, you know, like at the end of the day, while it would be cool to be ranked in the top 10 now, I've said this a million times, I, I really, I care about a postseason run more than anything. Like I do want to see them win the Mountain West just because I think Isaiah Stevens at some point should win the league because that's the type of career that he's had. That's the type of point guard that he's had. It would feel kind of weird with as accomplished as he's been if he left with, you know, without ever winning the league. At the same time, if they finish second in the league, but they go to the Elite Eight or something, I'm really not going to think about, you know, not winning the league that much. The, the games we all think about and really define your season are played, you know, in Febu- late February, March, and then, you know, into April, if you're fortunate enough to make a real run in the NCAA tournament. And that's what I want to see for this team. I think they're capable of it. I think the, the conference is going to be great in terms of testing you and putting you in a position where you're battle tested going into the tournament. And we'll kind of see, I mean, at some point it becomes a battle of attrition and that's where, you know, you're fortunate to have such great depth being able to go legitimately 10 deep. It's a gut check time. You know, you got a big game coming up against Boise state, you know, they're going to be hungry. Uh, That's a big arena. So I'm not sure if they'll sell it out or not, especially given their, kind of lackluster start. They don't have any bad losses, but they've also just really underwhelmed. Frankly, they got outplayed for 35 out of 40 minutes by San Jose State the other night, ended up pulling it out. You feel for Tim Miles and the Spartans. They've been right there uh, two straight games and just kind of blown it. They've got to learn how to finish. Um, They just don't have the depth. They just don't have the depth. It's tough. Uh, But, you know, we'll see. Big game coming up against Boise State. Uh, I'm not going to say it's a must win because it's just too early in the season to start using, you know, that dramatic of language, but it is a really big game because if you can win, you've got two home games coming up after that. All of a sudden, you know, if you're five and one, you know, through the first six, you're going to feel pretty good. And you're not going to, you're not going to look too much back at this Utah state loss. It was disappointing, not the end of the world. So I feel like I'm getting a little repetitive here. So, I'm going to wrap it up. If you've got anything else you'd like me to comment on, send it our way before we get on out of here. A big game coming up for the Broncos. Not really. (laughs) But uh, yeah, I cannot wait to see how the rest of this college basketball season unfolds. I genuinely believe this team is, is very special. They've got to clean some stuff up. They've got to, you know, be more consistent at the free throw line defensively. They've been pretty solid, but they do feel like they kind of have these lapses, obviously losing Neek and then Cartier. That was a big blow last night while also having uh, Bemba in foul trouble in such a unique matchup against Osibor. He's just, he's a freak, man. 6'8", 250, and he's crafty. Like, he uses space well. He has nice touch. That dude, that, he was a miss, uh, as Kevin Lytle said um, on the pod the other day. How'd that dude end up at Montana State? A lot of A lot of D1 coaches missed out on him. Anyways, they'll respond. They'll respond. They're well coached. They've got Isaiah Stevens. This team is veteran laden. And, you know, I I believe in in these other guys. I believe in Nick Meek. I believe 
in, you know, Joel Scott having the ability to be more impactful on the offensive end than what we've seen. You know, I, I believe Lake is going to be a guy that averages double digit figures when it's all said and done. This team is is built well. They play together and they got to figure some things out. They've got to be able to kind of grind out a couple of tough road games. Frankly, they've got to be tougher than they were in that game against Utah State. I felt like they got pushed around a little bit in a way that we just hadn't really seen. If you're a cynic, you're saying that should be uh, red alarms immediately, given, you know, you still got to play some physical teams like San Diego State and Jason Ledee. And yeah, I mean, if you see a game like this, it, it's certainly going to have you be like, man, what are they going to be able to do? At the same time, we've also seen that when this team plays to its defensive capability, you know, they pushed a true seven footer around in that Creighton win. So I'm just not going to panic. We need, we need to see more, but from what we've seen through CSU for basically the first half of this season, you're now 15 games in is a damn good team. This has been a really fun run. And I, you know, I don't think the fun is anywhere near done. So I understand these losses hurt, especially when you have an opportunity to jump into the top 10. I would have loved to have seen it. At the same time, we also know that the AP poll, kind of an imperfect product, you know, dictated by a lot of people who really don't watch that much college basketball and are just kind of glancing at box scores here and there. So got to take everything with a grain of salt. It is a long year. You know, don't get too high. Don't get too low, as Nico Medved loves to say. But uh, I'll be here producing content no matter what. I have more written content coming out uh, for all of you. Break down some takeaways from that win line or from the win over New Mexico and the loss to Utah State. Just kind of talk about what we learned from this, about this team throughout the week. I'm going to get out of here. Shout out to all of you. Always proud to be. Much love. Peace. Peaches out of Palisades, sweet as mama's marmalade. This shit sound like summer days, the windows down on harmony. The family band sing harmonies, my daddy played the drums. My mama slapped that bass, my sister sang these songs. Dancing under canopies, we thank the trees for all their leaves. We are just some drops of water together, make up seven seas. And one day I'll be like my father, one day I will learn to breathe. I'm choking on the thought that I am not the man I want to be. I got blood on my shirt, like I wear my heart on my sleeve. She said I look good in red, but that went straight to my head. So now she's rocking my teeth, tucked into new prodigies. And we ain't spoken a month, but I just saw her last week. The lipstick stain still on my cheek, like we ain't talk enough. And we always seem to laugh, but never nod at us. So the future's looking grim, it's kinda ominous. And this song ain't about love, that'd be too obvious. See, this is more about lust and all of my misconceptions. And this is more about me and all of my self-deception. I'll tell myself a lie, 100 times don't need corrections But every night I pray to God, I hope I learn my lesson And the peaches out from Palisade And they sweet as mama's marmalade And this should sound like summer days, the windows down on harmony The family band sing harmonies, my daddy played the drums And my mama slapped that bass, and my sister sang these songs Dancing hand in hand, we were tripping two left feet Like a middle school slow dance, no one knew how to leave But I'm still thankful for these days, they put a smile